Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Bits podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker. I'm so excited you're listening to this episode because this is a very special episode. It's episode 100. And I thought that I would go and share with you 10 things I learned about building an online business in the last few years. Um, so this is going to be a very conversational um, episode. I didn't really script anything. I just wrote down a few talking points for myself. So let's just see where this is going to go. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. So 10 things I learned about building an online business in the last years. I started this business at the end or actually middle 2016. So yeah, it's been over five years, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, and so when I thought about what I wanted to talk about in this episode, um, it was like, at the same time, it was super easy to come up with things. I mean, and of course, there are a lot of technical things I learned and strategies, and I'm going to share a little bit about that, but also about personal things. And so I just hope it's going to be helpful for you and that you can relate to this. Um, the first thing I learned is self-care is important. Even when you love what you do, and um, I really do, and then it's so easy to get lost in the hustle, wanting to spend all day, all the hours in front of your computer. And um, yeah, that's not a good idea. So what I learned is I have really to schedule self-time into my calendar. Otherwise, it's so easy to get lost just wanting to work all the time. And it's different than a nine-to-five job because um, at least for me, sometimes it's really difficult in the evenings to switch off. The great thing on the other side is that I have the flexibility to schedule save time like in the middle of the day. So I don't have to do a sweaty work up first thing in the morning, which I hate. And it's I realize it's never going to happen when I plan that. So I can do some meditation, some gentle yoga in the morning. Um, I'm not very consistent there, I have to admit, but that's at least it's easier for me than doing really a sweaty hit session. I can do that later in the day than I'm up for it. So yes, yeah, so I have the freedom, the flexibility to do that. And at the same time, sometimes it I'm stuck in that mindset of having to work from nine to five and I have to put in at least eight hours a day, which is insane, right? It's about the quality of your work. It's about what, yeah, the quality. It's not the quantity. It's not about working eight hours. And that doesn't mean you're very productive or you're going to achieve your goals just because you work eight hours a day. So this is something I learned. And self-care, um, while I'm Recording this, I actually have really bad back and hip pain, which apparently is just some muscle thing and some inflammation. I went to a doctor today because it just got worse in the last week. 
Um, and yeah, I also have to admit the most exercise I did the last year was walking my dog and that's just not enough. So I definitely have to do some back exercises, some uh, more serious weight training and that's self-care for me too. Um, it's not only about meditation and um, taking time to relax and all that. It's just like um, scheduling time for to take care of your body, to move your body into your day-to-day -day as well. And I'm struggling with that, to be totally honest. I'm, I very much like to sit. <laughs> I have a big sitter. I love lying on the couch. Um, I also love to walk. But uh, yeah, so... I have to do more and because otherwise I'm going to get health problems, right? So um, it's really, really important, as you know, because you are a wellness entrepreneur, you know about this stuff. The second thing I learned, and this is a little bit more funny, is get a dog. <laughs> get a dog. It's changed my life. It made my life so much better, um, especially when you're working for yourself. And I don't have a family or children, um, then it might be different. But um, I spend way too much time by myself. And I'm an introvert. I love spending time with myself. I'm a, I'm a favorite person to spend time with, as it should be. But um, it could get a little bit too much. And even when I was living in Bali, um, I felt lonely there. I've never really found my, my community there, my people. Or you met people and you really connect with and then they move away, and um, which is normal. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who live like on the other side of the, the earth. Like, um, But it's difficult then to stay in touch. It's difficult to... Build strong relationships when you just have a few months with each other. Um, so getting a dog is not the same, obviously, as having great friends, um, but it really helped me. And it's so much fun and it gets brings structure into my day. So all the walks that we have to do to play around with her is always a nice break. Um, so definitely... What I learned about building an online business, everything is better when you have a dog. Um, if you don't want to get a dog, which obviously you don't have to, another thing I would recommend is getting a hobby. And a hobby means you don't have to monetize it. So it's something you can do just for fun, which is also something, you know, like um, so many people I talk to, um, they can't really decide what they want to do. They're multi-passionate, which is so amazing. But really, not everything you're interested in or that you're doing um, doesn't does need to be monetized. You can have hobbies. Um, so painting, um, making music, dancing, anything really that, um, that, that enriches your life beside work is really also really important. It's going to inspire you again, then to do a better job, right? To help your people better. Um, which brings me to the next thing. Number three, mindset is everything. And you can't really compare building your own business or being an entrepreneur with working from nine to five which I've done for so long. So I've been really good working 9 to 5 in advertising. I've been really successful and I loved it. And I thought I wouldn't have any mindset issues. Thank you very much. I thought I was 
fine. I just wanted to do my things here and, you know, um, help people and make a living from it. Um, and the longer I've been in business, the more I realized really how important mindset is and how nothing that I've done before, um, like studying and working in advertising really prepared me for all the mindset issues that you face when you're an entrepreneur. Let's just start with money mindset. Um, the fear of investing or the fear of spending money or the fear of setting prices that are high enough that you're actually going to earn money. Right when I created my first online courses, I didn't even think about how what I was pricing um, the course for, how that would reflect on my income, like how many courses I would have to sell so that um, per month so that I would be able to make a living from it and to so that investing all my time into my business would be worthwhile. Money mindset is big. Um, the fear of really stepping out is is a big thing. So like I waited way too long um, to really use videos in what I do. Um, and sometimes it's still something I struggle with, though actually seriously, I think everybody struggles with that. So unless maybe you're an actor and they're really trained for that. Um, so don't try tell yourself that it's difficult for you. I think that's a mindset thing as well. Um, Another mindset thing that I really just um, realized recently that was blocking me is just like telling yourself that you're tired. Why do you tell yourself that? It's terrible. It's a terrible thing to tell yourself that you're tired. Tell yourself you have all the energy you need in the day to accomplish everything you want and need to accomplish that day. So that's what I'm telling myself this morning. And um, it's more about listening to my body. And yeah, so when I'm feeling a little bit um, low on energy, I take it easier. I take a break. But um, what's not helpful is trying to go on in your day, just trying to do all the things and then tell yourself you're tired, tired, tired. And it's just like going to feel really negative and you put so much pressure on yourself then. So when you tell yourself you're tired, you should, so what I do now, is I try to listen in, how do I really feel? Do I really feel tired? Do I maybe just feel hungry or dehydrated or just need a walk? Or is it really that I'm having a slow day and what can I do about it? Can I move things around? Can I um, move things on my to-do list to the next day and um, take the afternoon off? Right. And that, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about being your own boss, that you have that flexibility mostly. Unless, of course, yeah, when you have to teach a class, you have to teach a class. There's no way around it, but you can be more kind to yourself and just like just telling yourself all, all day long, you're tired, tired, tired. Um, just tell yourself, yeah, you're a little bit lower on energy. So. I'm sure there are still ways around the class or the commitments you have that you can change to um, to make life a little bit easier for you when you're a little bit low on energy. But um, very often it's just negative self-talk. And very often I think, in my case at least, there's something else behind it when I tell myself I'm tired. It could mean I'm uncomfortable doing the things on my to-do list. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, it's just like because I'm uncomfortable, because I'm secretly scared to do this. It's nothing I enjoy and I still need to do it. It's, yeah. So, um, 
So it's about questioning myself, what's really going on when I tell myself I'm tired. And that's all mindset issues. And that's nothing you have when you work like a normal job, because then when you're tired, you're probably just going to, yeah, just things are going to have to wait. You're going to spend more time in the kitchen with your office workers. I don't know. So I spent tons of days when I was working in advertising, when I was just there, because I had to be there from nine to not five, six, seven. And um, I wasn't really productive. And I don't want to do that anymore. Today, when I sit down to work, I want to be productive. And that means I actually can, um, can get away with working a lot less hours. But those hours, they really count, right? They're not just like um, checking Facebook, <laughs> I don't know, um, or the news. So it's about getting things done. And then when I'm getting those things done, I can do other things. So that was number three. Mindset is everything. And yeah, so it's something that you continuously need to work on as an entrepreneur. This is also something I learned. It's not about, oh yeah, okay, I've done this course. I read this book about money mindset and now I'm done with it. You're never done with it. You always have to um, face those things and be aware of mindset blocks. Number four, don't um, be scared to invest, which comes like, yeah, you need to, the same thing as with mindset. So this is something you continuously have to do. The same thing goes on with investing. Um, and here I mean in your education, in your team, in tools. And this can be hard, right? Especially when you're starting out. What I believe is that you have to, and I'm doing this in a way. So without, I'm not telling you to spend stupidly, right? So you have to be careful with your money. So I have a very detailed Excel file with all my expenses, my income streams for the next 12 months, always for the full year. I know what money is going out. I know I plan what money is going to come in. So there are no nasty surprises like a sudden, I don't know, suddenly taxes or suddenly like yearly renewals or something. They don't surprise me because I have that in my, I, um, in my spreadsheet. And, um, this is important. So I don't ask you to be stupid when it comes to spending money. But at the same time, investing, especially in your education, is so important. And this, you know, I don't know, this took me a while to really get comfortable with. I'm from Germany. Here we are used that education is free. So you don't pay for school, you don't pay for university. It's free. And um, I wasn't used to invest in my in myself, in my um development. And so I think the First time I spent a significant amount of money investing in myself was my yoga teacher training, which, um, as you probably know, yoga teacher trainings aren't cheap, right? So that was a, a big investment. And then when I started my first online business, my yoga retreat directory, I didn't really invest anything. And when I look back, I realized I treated it as a hobby. And it never really went anywhere. And it's no wonder why, really. Um, when I started this business, like my online marketing business, and I discovered 
Online-Kurses bei Amy Porterfield. That was my first big investment. Her course, like courses that convert. Um, she's not selling that one anymore. She renamed it. Um, but that was a thousand dollars and I couldn't even pay that in, in, um, in one payment. So I used the payment plan, which actually then it was like 12 payments of a hundred dollars or $97. And that was so helpful. I don't even know. No, I wouldn't be where I am today in my business without that course <laughs> for sure. Um, yes, there's so much free advice out there. Um, you have YouTube videos, you have blog posts, um, you have free webinars. But to have like this roadmap that somebody created for me that I could follow to plan and launch my first online course, there were tech tutorials, how to use ScreenFlow, how to use Teachable. Um, yeah, so it was like, I don't think I would have been able to figure all these things out things out myself and I definitely wouldn't have been able to launch it in the right way because I would have been so uncomfortable sending so many emails and all that and the thing is you can't reverse engineer that um, just by following someone else what they are doing you don't have the background what the strategy behind each email what is like how do you um, segment your emails what do you send to whom and all those things you really um You want to try to, if you want to figure that out by yourself, which obviously in theory is possible because the people who created those online courses, like there must have been a first person, right, um, who did it without an online course. Um, but it is going to save you so much time and that in the end alone is worth it. And after that, I, you know, I invested in other programs like from Marie Folio. And then the biggest investment were to work with Mariah Kors. I'm right now in a program where I'm spending $20,000. That is insane. I wouldn't even have dreamed about spending that kind of money on coaching when I started my business. And, um, but it's an investment that's already been worth it so much. So I'm really happy I did that investment. Um, so really don't be scared to invest. The same applies for your team. So I have a virtual assistant who supports me. I have a podcast editor who supports me, who edits my podcast episodes. Um, I have an accountant to help me with accounting. All the things I could do myself, but... Um, Just like hiring those people saves me probably at least five hours a week or more, um, up to 10 hours a week. And I, yeah, that's just like worth than more, so much more than the money. Um, if I would stay long enough here in Hamburg, I would definitely have a house cleaner, invest in that, um, or invest in a fitness trainer, um, invest in, um, okay, I'm investing already in grocery delivery, so I ha don't have to go to the supermarket myself. That saves me probably an hour a week as well or more. Um, I invest in tools in my business, like software tools that I think are essential. And here, I think you really can't really get far when you want to rely only on free tools. It's really going to make your life so much so difficult. And people who you know, like who really develop those tools, they should be compensated as well. When they have a free plan, that's amazing. So some tools, tools, I still use a free plan like Asana. I would pay for it, but their paid plan is more for teams, so it doesn't really make sense for me. 
but um, other tools I'm um, like ConvertKit or Teachable or Invoicely to create invoices. What else do I have? <laughs> Google Drive. There's just so many different tools. Sapier. Um, yeah. And um, it's a monthly investment. And I think it's important to track it. So at least once a year, go through all the things that you have and then check if you still need them, if you still use them, and otherwise you cancel them. I also signed up for yearly plans wherever possible because it makes my accounting easier. I don't have to chase an invoice every single month. And normally you also save like 20, 25% um, when you pay yearly. And after a while, it just pays, you know, like you're just going to save money when you pay yearly. So it's worth it. Okay, moving on. The fifth thing I've learned is it doesn't need to be fancy. Or you could also say progress, not perfection. Perfectionism is the worst thing that can happen to you when you're an entrepreneur. It's so common. And I'm a perfect, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist or maybe I'm more stubborn, but I want things just the way I want them, right? Um, and that can really stop your progress, um, right away. So in its tracks, um, Things don't need to be fancy. When you have your first website, it doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need a logo designed by uh, an expensive designer or your website doesn't need to be designed by a crazy expensive designer. You can DIY it unless you really want to outsource this and prefer that. Um, I would say... There's this middle line that you want to be on between like, um, so you don't want to put out low quality things. Like when your website looks really ugly or like it's been made in the 90s or you have like a lot of mistakes on it, that's going to reflect on the quality of your teaching. So you don't want to be there, but it doesn't have to be fancy, perfect with all the bells and whistles either. Find a middle ground that you can live with and um, and then work with a coach and decide what things you should really focus on. Normally, very often, it's not the website. For example, when I work with my clients and they are like, um, should I change my website? Should I change my URL on my website? Should I do a rebrand? Should I... Um, Create a new website right away. You know, like, um, yeah, um, I mean, I like beautiful new websites, right? But I'm always like, okay, let's let let's look at your offers first, and what are you doing to get clients? <laughs> um, because that's what makes your business successful. I know so many really amazing entrepreneurs who have really not that amazing websites or very basic websites, and that's totally fine. They are still successful because they figured out um, what's really important. Other things um, are more important for them to find clients. So, for example, the way they um, put out content or connect with people on social media. Um, and that's what you need to identify and work on. But, um, yeah, but nothing really needs to be fancy. And what's also important here is, what I also mean here is, Keep things simple, right? So keep it simple. Um, you don't need like this perfect product suit with like five different online courses and a membership and weekly classes and a top level mastermind and all the things in your business. 
Um, and believe me, I tried that. So I had like the product suit with like online courses one after the other. And so like for beginners and then like the website course and then like a more advanced course. And, um, and then at the end of last year, I was like, yeah, this is all too much. <laughs> I don't really want to build a big team or just be um, busy with promoting my business and my things. I want to be busy with working with my clients and I want to be busy um, investing in the best support for my clients and students I work with. And that's why I decided to switch to a high ticket uh, model. And so I'm at the moment, the only way you can work with me is Blissful Biz Incubator. So right now you can also still buy my website course, but I'm not sure for how long I'm going to keep that open. Um and I did that very intentionally. So because it's never enough just to, when you create an online program, like an online course, to put it on your website and let it live there. That's not how it works. You need to put yourself out there. You need to promote it. You need to do a launch where you create some special bonuses, some excitement around it. So to get people to talk about it and um, do other things. Um, believe me, I tried it. I just put things on my website and, um, yeah, so a few people bought it, but never enough. And, um, it's just not what I wanted to focus on anymore. I'm not saying that this, that this doesn't work. It works. Um, so you can still have uh, an online program that you just sell twice a year and then you put it on evergreen so people can sign up, for example, for a free workshop. And then in that workshop, they get like a special offer that only applies for a few days for them. So that would be um, called, that's what we call selling something on Evergreen. So people could buy it all the time around in the year, right? Whenever they want to, but they still get the same deadline. Um, no, their individual deadline and um, just like to stop them from procrastinating and all that. Um, so it's, it's working. It's working. But um, I'm all about keeping it simple. And um, that's also what I teach my clients. So um, when they come to me and like, I want to create like this three different courses, I'm like, ah, let's start with one. And then you stick with that program and sell it for at least a year before you even think about creating anything else. Because... Yeah, we all like creating content. That's what we are comfortable with. This feels safe. I'm selling it, doing promotions. No, not comfortable. I don't know anyone who really enjoys that. Um, but it's what we owe to the product that we just created and to our students and to our clients to really promote it as good as, as we can, because otherwise, how will people know about it? How we can help them? And, um, and that way you can improve it. So you can improve your product when you get feedback from your first students and then you create, like launch it a second time and you're going to improve how you sell it. So you're going to be more confident um, selling it. You're going to, going to know how to do it. You're going to have all the assets already created for your second and third launch. So this is what I create that you, uh, what I recommend is that you have one online program or course, and then you sell it at least three times or two or three times live with live rounds. And so that's probably going to be a year. And after that, you can put it on Evergreen. And then if you really want to, you can create another program. 
But otherwise, really keep it simple. Keep your business simple because there are so many things involved still, right? It's not only about creating content and, um, yeah, so creating landing pages and a freebie that's related to it and then putting out content every week. Um, and that's something that's so important for you to do. And, you know, like they, you don't have to be fancy as well. So, um, just like keep it simple there as well. What you do for content, um, have a blog or a podcast or videos and just stick with that for at least three months or something before you move on to something else. Okay. So number six, create a signature offer. Um, this is something I really strongly believe in that it's, um, for your online business, the best thing you can do is to create a signature offer to be known for something. So when you are a yoga teacher in a small town, um, you don't really need to niche down so much in what you do because that's already your niche teaching yoga in that small town. So the expert, you are no, you are probably the expert for yoga and that's um, a great niche. But when you move all that online and you want to do um, strong vinyasa club yoga and yin yoga and meditation and ashtanga and, um, and then some um, aromatherapy and I don't know what else. Um, it's just not um, going to work as good as when you really niche down and become known as the expert in something. So there are many different reasons for that. So, for example, Google really loves websites that are specific. Um, so, for example, when you have a blog with vegan recipes, um, that's okay. That's actually a pretty generic, too general maybe. So it's like um, vegan Vietnamese recipes which is a great niche. I was looking for that a while ago and there wasn't really anything like healthy, vegan, Vietnamese recipes. Um, yeah, and only do that. And so when people, when someone is looking for a recipe, like a vegan Vietnamese recipe and they, he comes to your website, he or she, they were going to be so happy and then they're going to get lost, like looking at all the other recipes, download a few things, sign up for your freebie and be really happy. And so Google is going to see that people spend a lot of time on your website, that they're really active there, that they're engaging. Google knows everything. And um, it's going to say, okay, that's a great website when somebody is looking for that or searching for that. So we're going to rank it higher in the search result. While when you have just like a general cooking blog with uh, all kinds of recipes, and there's just this one recipe, Vietnamese, vegan Vietnamese recipe. Somebody is searching for that. And next to it is, I don't know, paleo or um, something with eggs. He's probably not going to click to read anything else, right? So um, it's very simple. It's very much common sense, I think, how Google really works. So Google only wants to show its people who, who use it, who use Google to search for something, the best results that they are really happy with. So here, um, being specific, having a clear niche really, really works for Google. But it's also going to make your life easier because then um, it makes you, you don't have to wonder about what content you're going to create. So what are you going to share next? So when you have a clear niche, um, you're known for something, you create content around that niche and that's going to make your life so much easier, Right. So um, when you have a signature offer, you can create content that's really related to that and use it to drive people to your signature offer. 
So when you have an online course that's about meditation, you can create um, blog posts like the three benefits um, about meditation, how I finally managed to create a daily meditation practice, um, how just five minutes of meditation in the evening can help you unwind from the stress of your day. All those things, like all kind of questions that you um, that you can already handle and answer in your blog post, and you can also um, address things that might stop people from investing in your signature offer, in your higher priced offer, in your paid offer, right? So um, it's a win-win. Um, people are going to love it because they get like all the answers around the specific topic that they. Um, we're searching for or looking help with, and um, it's all going to lead to your paid offer. And we all, you know, like, um, especially in the online world, we are looking for experts. Um, when you want to learn like advanced arm balances, you're not going to go to a beginner yoga class in your local gym. You're going to look for an expert. And, oh, you know, that's why people sign up for yoga teacher trainings, right? So they want to learn more. They want, want to dive deeper. And that's, um, they think like a yoga teacher training is the answer for that, even if they don't want to become an actual teacher. So, um, there's like a great opportunity to offer, um, expertise, insights, knowledge, um, help people really, um, dive deeper with their yoga practice. So, for example, or, um, solve a health problem, right? When you have back problems, you want to have like go to a, special yoga for back pain class. You're not going to do just like a normal yoga class, right? So be looking for experts. And um, in the online world, you have this amazing opportunity to really stand out as an expert for, for something. So create a signature offer. Um, and I do that by uh, creating offers for yoga teachers and wellness entrepreneurs. So I moved that away around a little bit. Um, and in the beginning, when I just started my business, I wasn't a specific. So I created, for example, a lot of content, how to use social media, um, how to get started on social media, how to get started on Instagram or Pinterest, because people were asking for that. Um, so still for yoga teachers. But then I realized I don't really love that because things are changing so much. And I was like, oh, my God, do I now have to teach people how? teach people how to use TikTok and I don't even know how to use TikTok. And then I was like, yeah, I think I don't want to do social media anymore. So I, I still do it in my business. I don't want to teach about social media anymore. So I'm focusing now, uh, my signature offer is actually how to build an online business and for wellness entrepreneurs. So I'm not going to teach, I don't know, hairdressers, how to build an online business, right? Um, although wouldn't that be wellness entrepreneur? If you're a hairdresser, yeah, I think that's wellness entrepreneur. But um, so I want to work with people who are helping other people. So that's like my, and thus I'm helping more people. That's like how I found my niche. And then it's how to create an online business. That's my signature offer. And I, pro I tell you, that that's what I learned, just having one signature offer. It makes my life so much easier. So yeah, so it took me a while to get there. And um, it wasn't easy to stop doing all the other things. Um, that's like, you know, like, that's scary. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not selling that anymore. So oops. And, but it would just be confusing for 
my clients and you know, like if I would st still sell my online course, Blissful Biz Academy, where I teach you how to create and launch an online course, but nothing else about building your online business. It would be confusing. People would ask, um, what's the difference between those two programs? And and then they would might also tell themselves that they should start just start with that program and they won't get the same results, right? So I don't think it would be doing them a service or me. So um, I really decided I want to focus on one signature offer and I'm so happy I did that. So that was number six. Um, number seven, what I've learned running my online business, building my online business is don't rely on social media. And that's a big one, right? Because it's so easy to think, okay, the most important thing I'm going to do this week is to post on Instagram <laughs> four times or five times, right? And I, have, I hear that from my clients and students all the time. So next week, I'm going to get really productive. So I'm going to post on Instagram every day. And um, no, <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Yeah, you can post on Instagram every day, but only after you've sat down and created content that actually lives on your website and that has longevity. So what I'm so grateful for that I did that right um, in my business right from the start is that I created this content library by simply by sharing content every single week, like a blog post and now a podcast episode. Every single week, nearly every single week, something goes out. And I did that even when I just started my business and I was still working full-time in advertising and there wasn't a lot of time I had. But I, there are actually blog posts that's, that I shared um, in 2017 um, who gets me like, Hundreds of visitors every single month or day, nearly, right? It's um, It has long VT. And that um, also, like, so you start with creating the content that lives on your website, and then you share bits and parts and pieces from that on social media. So you repurpose things. When you rely only on social media, it's very risky. Um, so I'm not even want to start with, um, well, Mindspace? No, what was the... Um, yeah, I mean, there are social media platforms that close down, but also they change their algorithm, um, you know, like, so less and less people see what you post, like on Facebook, I think it's insane. Um, even a Facebook group. So I had a really big Facebook group that at the moment is closed. I archived it um, because when I posted something, it was like such a small group of people who saw that. And compared to how much time and energy I had to invest into that group to, and also to grow it. And um, it for me, it just wasn't worth it. So I'm not against social media. I'm not going to tell you to stop social media. I, I still like social media. So I like Instagram. I like being on Instagram. Um, and I think it's an amazing, I mean, it's a free tool. It's an amazing free tool that we have that allows us to share um, a bit of our personality with our followers, to share vulnerabilities, to be real, to build a connection. Um, and before social media, we didn't really have that, you know. So before that, what you could do was do an ad in yoga journal or something um, or print a flyer 
and um, or rely on word of mouth of people really recommending you, which is the opposite of doing an online business. Um, no, it's not the opposite, but it was just like, um, obviously, like um, before social media, we didn't really have online businesses in the form that we have today. So the opportunity to build a business that's really just like a website and that allows you to find clients from all over the world or connect with people from all over the world. Um, would that even be possible without social media? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, nothing... Be grateful for the free tool that we have for social, on social media. Just don't rely on it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, yeah, so if you want to become an influencer, you have to spend a ton of time on Instagram, for example. But otherwise, um, what I do is I use social media as a tool in my toolbox and I treat it as a tool in my toolbox. It's not about I just post when I feel like it. Because then it's you know, like, I'm never going to post anything. I have a plan. I have a content calendar. I save ideas. And every Monday, I sit down and I create and schedule the content for the week ahead. So it's a plan. So it's like, you know, and I think when you are running a business, you have to treat it as a business. And um, when you are on social media and you only share things when you feel like it and personal stuff, that that's a hobby, right? So that can be a hobby. That's fine. But um, you are really not getting the most out of it. And or you might comp um, always consistently feel overwhelmed with social media, like you're not doing enough. Oh, my God, I haven't posted anything today. And then you're all stressed out. And that way it's going to take you way too much time to um, stay up to date with your social media updates. And it can be, yeah, so they, those platforms, they obviously want you to invest an insane amount of time and effort creating content for their platforms because that's how they make a living, right? So they need all our content so they have more space to sell ads. <laughs> so without all our content that we create, social media it would just like be an empty hull. Um, th and that's why also why they really reward you being consistent creating content. And as soon as you um, take a break or you're posting less, the algorithm is going to punish you. I know it's super annoying and it's a terrible business model, but that's the way it is. We just have to eat it up. So you have to be consistent. Um, and that means um, you have to plan ahead. And just like do like two, three hours once a week where you plan, create and schedule your content. And after that, you can simply... Use social media to be social and to write DMs, to connect with people, to comment and all that. Maybe share some stories. Stories really are fun for me, right? So I really enjoy um, sharing stories. Um, otherwise, yeah, don't do it. Um, and really um, treat it as a business, but don't rely on it. Um, so I rely on my website. I rely on the content that I create and host there. And that in my case now it's a podcast. I still also have a blog and I'm going to um, create a few more blog posts that are really strategic and um, optimized for search. Um, but it could also be um, videos, right? So when you have a YouTube channel, 
they don't only host your videos on YouTube channel. You could um, lose access to YouTube right away. You don't own your social media followers. You don't even own really your content on there. Um, when they close down, you have no way of getting your content back. Um, but when you have a website, you can embed your video on there and then you can create like a good title and a short description. So people can find you actually on a different platform on your website and on Google and not only on YouTube. And that's going to benefit you so much in the long term. So um, when video is your format that you're really, really good at, Create a YouTube channel, but also create a blog. And for each video that you post on YouTube, create a blog post where you embed that video so you can get found there and you have all your best content on your website as well. So the same with my podcast, right? So for every podcast episode, I create a blog post. Um, when it's an interview, it's really short at the moment. So we just have this, some talking points. But when it's a solo episode, it's a really, you can basically read what I'm talking about, like as a blog post. And um, that's because I want my best content to live on my website. I don't only want to link to a page on my podcast hosting platform. I want it to show up in search. Um, I want to grow my content library. So this is really, really important. So that was number seven. <laughs> so we're getting there. We're getting there. Number eight, don't be scared of tech. Uh, that's a big, right? Um, so you might think I have it all figured out and I'm really good because I built website and yeah, and all that. But my background um, was in project management. So I was an account director. I, I didn't develop website or design anything. And my, when I was employed, like when I was, was still working in advertising, I was like working with people who did all those things. And actually, because they were all so good at what they did, it was like um, a little bit intimidating, right? So. I still remember when I signed up for my first hosting account, how proud I was of myself, how empowered I felt that I actually did that. Or when I built my first website with WordPress, that I was actually able to do that. And you don't need like 20 days um, and a developer and a system admin and a content planner and all those people. Um, so you can actually do this and um, just get started and do it yourself. And sometimes, um, again, it's a mindset issue that we tell ourselves we are bad at tech. I'm just not good at tech. I'm just not good at selling. It's a very negative self-talk. You would never talk like that to someone else. So don't. So stop talking to yourself that way. You are not good at tech. Um, you don't have to be good at tech. So you can just like to just do it step by step. Um, so don't be scared of it. Everything is, it's never been easier really to do all those things like create an online course, build a website, send out newsletters, because we have all those amazing tools and platforms online. And you don't need to know how to code. Yeah, that's scary, obviously. That's, it's not even scary. The coding is actually not really difficult. It's just like something you have to learn, just like anatomy or you know, like yoga asanas or Sanskrit. You just have to sit down and study it. And so coding is going to take you a longer time to learn, like a new language. Um, but you don't even need to do that, right? Um, and to when you have like a new tool, 
Yes, sometimes you have to sit down and familiarize yourself with it. So it's not always, um, it's just like, oh yeah, I just do this and this and then it's done. Sometimes it's going to take you a little bit more time to figure out. And what really helps me here is then set a time limit. So it's like, okay, so I'm blocking like 90 minutes today to figure this out and set it up. And if it takes me longer, then I'm just going to step back. If I'm not done after 90 minutes, um, I'm stuck somewhere. I'm just going to step back. I'm going to decide, do I need support or can I um, finish it like tomorrow, a day after? And, and then it really helps me. What doesn't work is like being stuck somewhere and then spending like five hours or something and not getting anywhere. That's just frustrating. Don't do that to yourself, right? So. Um, You can look at it, um, set yourself a time limit, one hour or 90 minutes. And after that, decide that if either you need support or you're going to go look at it again, like in a few days or tomorrow. And, you know, suddenly, sometimes just something, suddenly they click and it's all going to work out. And yeah, so there's nothing really ever been in tech that I think that wasn't um possible to figure out really it's it's you, you can do it this is never life-threatening or this is not like inventing something to heal cancer or something that you need to study for at university to learn how to use a tool to build your online business like a platform or convert kit or teachable this is all figure outable and there's really no reason to be scared of but i know i've been there in the beginning <laughs> but um yeah you just do it step by step Okay, number nine, you don't need to be the expert. Um, you know, sometimes even I have that, even with my background in advertising and I've been in this business for so long, it's still sometimes feel like, oh my God, who am I to do this? Who am I to teach people? And um, I don't think it's right to tell people You don't need to know anything. You just need to get started. You just need to know a little bit more than your students. And I said that before as well. Um, but I know most of my students or clients, they actually have the expertise. Of course, you need to have some level of expertise to be able to teach people, right? Um, and when you just finished your yoga teacher training, um, you're not going to be able to teach advanced yoga yogis you need probably going to start teaching beginners in yoga and that's totally fine there you already know more and it's not only the three weeks of teacher training that you did that makes up your education it's all those years of doing of practicing of learning and reading books and that's that's part of your expertise as well um so yeah you still want to be an expert in in what you do. Um, so you still need to know what you talk about. You still need to know what you want to teach, but you don't need to know it all. And you definitely don't need to do another training or another, um, I don't know. Yeah. Just like another training, like most, so many people, um, they come to me and like, yeah, I still, I want to finish that training and then I can decide on my niche or start working on building my business. And I'm like, so, and they've maybe already been working for five years and have a lot of expertise and a lot of um, insight and they really know how to help people. And so when you already have that, go out there and help people because that's your job. 
you're there to serve. You're not here to do more and more trainings. Um, so I know like another training can be really inspiring and fun, and that's a good reason to do it. But when you just sign up for another training because you're secretly scared of um, putting yourself out there because you think you're not an expert yet, but you've already like really in reality, you already have like years of experience and years of trainings. And that's more than enough to start, you know, like um, offering coaching or offering one-on-one -on -one service or start teaching. Then simply just start. So it's always a line. It always depends on your individual situation, but um, you know, um, All those trainings, they are expensive. There will come a time where you, I want you to sit down and um, put up like all the numbers, like everything you already spent on trainings and then start a plan or create a plan for actually regaining that money that you already invested, right? Because that's also part of being a business owner that you want to make a profit. And to make a profit, obviously, you have to set up income streams and you have to start um, setting up offers on your website or teach classes. Otherwise, um, it's just an expensive hobby. And that can be fine, too, if you don't rely on your income. But it's not really what we're talking about here or what I'm there to help you with, right? So um, you need to be an expert, but you don't need to be the expert, right? So... And the last thing that I learned and that I wanted to share with you is being real always pays off. Um, every single time when I shared something that may be a little bit vulnerable, like things that's been going on in my, in my life, um, I got so much positive feedback and it's what people really connect with. Um, and also showing up live on video, um, doing live trainings like this workshop that I just did um, where people see me teach. That really builds a connection and that really um, makes such a difference. You can't hide behind your brand. Um, in my business, like rebranding to my name was a big, big, that was a game changer I started um, this business with the name Happy Yoga Marketing. I know it sounds ridiculous, um, but I already had like this yoga retreat travel blog, Happy Yoga Travels. So I was just like staying with the Happy Yoga family. <laughs> And so I called it Happy Yoga Marketing. And um, I never really left that name, but um, I think it was like two years before I rebranded to Susanna Riker. And, um, yeah, so there were fears like with that German spelling of my name, would people get it? And I think it was also fears of really showing up of really, you know, like, because when you stand for everything you do with your full name, that's personal, right? That's really, feels really much more personal than hiding behind, uh, brand name and a brand logo and all that. So I have a different, I have a podcast episode about that, how to choose your name. I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well. But when you are a personal brand, I think you have to show up as you and be real and share and share bits and pieces about your personality. So people can build a connection with you. They can get to know you. And they can get to like you. And also not everybody's going to like you. And that's totally fine and normal. So you don't want to be 
like blah and so that everybody kind of likes you nobody has something against you but um they're also you're also forgettable you don't want to be that so um and that doesn't mean that it has to be loud and extroverted and you know, like like really yeah some brands are like that and it works really well for them when they're really like loud and full of energy and all that but i know also know of brands of people like yoga teachers who are more introverted and more serious and quiet and maybe teach like yoga for highly sensitive people and and that works too because that's who they are And then people who find them, they relate to that. So that's about being real. Um, yeah, so that's basically what I wanted to share with you. I think that's, yeah, that's been it. So like, we have like 10 things. Let me just like list them again to sum it up. Number one, self-care is important. Number two, get a dog or a hobby. Number three, mindset is everything. Number four, don't be scared to invest. Number five, doesn't need to be fancy. Number six, create a signature offer. Number seven, don't rely on social media. Number eight, don't be scared of tech. Number nine, you don't need to be the expert. And number 10, being real always pays off. So I hope that was inspiring and helpful to you. I would love to hear from you what you've learned building your business or share it with me on social media. Um, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Susanna Riker or send me an email to hello at susannareiker.com or on my website. I would love to hear from you. And otherwise, I hope you have an amazing week and I'll talk to you again next week, same time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to SusannaRaika.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.